You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moutier, and I'm here today with Efrat Fenixon, VP Marketing at Mindspace and co-founder at GCMO. How are you doing today, Efrat? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, great, 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 great. So our discussion today will be around revenue generation versus brand building, all right? So how do CEOs and CFOs are going after marketing people with a stick and saying, you're spending so much money in brand building, why is my money back? But but before we go into the conversation, would you mind just introducing yourself to our audience, explaining maybe a little bit more about Mindspace, but also your organization or your group, GCMO, and, and where, where you created it? Sure, absolutely. So I'm based at, out of Israel right now, talking to you from Tel Aviv. And I've been around tech and marketing for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. I started as a computer software engineer and moved slowly to business and marketing. I've worked in many tech companies and ran marketing organizations in various types of startups or larger organizations. I have GCMO, which we'll, we'll discuss in a moment, which is a community of Israel's top 100 CMOs from global companies. So G stands for global. And I have a video cast and a podcast, which I run with a friend and we talk about marketing and strategy. It's in Hebrew, so it's for the Israeli audience. And I'm an advocate for personal branding. Personal okay. branding for me is a passion and I have a community on Facebook for 4,000 people and we talk about personal branding a lot and I lecture about it too. And at Mindspace, I'm the VP of marketing. I joined the company in the beginning of the year. So a couple of months before Corona time. So very, uh, Perfect special, timing. very, Perfect. Special, very smooth sailing into the world. <laughs> And Mindspace is a global company with 30 offices, uh, 30 branches around Europe and the US. Uh, we have 16 cities that we're located in. In Germany, for example, we have eight offices in the Netherlands, in the UK, in Romania, in Poland, and in the US. Basically, we provide flexible spaces for companies of all sizes, whether you're a startup or a large enterprise, we provide different types of flexible offices, whether it's a small suite, a small office, or private suite, or a whole floor for a company. We also have some casual spaces for meetings or recordings or event spaces. And Mindspace is a very unique company because the emphasis is strongly on our customer service, which is very high in its standards, and also our design and art, which we're advocates for. And each location is beautifully designed very differently from one another, and also very, very much adapted to the city that we're in. So yeah. we're not in the cookie cutter approach. Each location is totally different. And I love that company because it has such unique brand and values. And we'll talk about that more because that's the, that's the session. So. That's the session, yeah. I must say that I've, I've seen the, the look of your Amor Smith office and it looks really, really good. You know, I've got to say the furniture and everything, I'm a bit jealous. I'm trying to pick up some ideas for yeah. my own living room now. Yeah, for and them, it's, it's okay, I, this, is, this is it. 
It looks really good. So if that, we, we know that finding the right balance between brand building and revenue generating activities in marketing is kind of a common challenge and seems to be faced by many B2B marketers over the world. Yeah. Do you relate to that first? And where do you think, where do you think the right balance is between both the building the brand and the more longer term non-revenue generating as such in the short term activities versus yeah. the generation are? Yeah, so I totally relate to that. And I think that each marketing department probably has that phenomena of splitting it itself to the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. That's how I like to look at it. And I think that on the left side of the brain, we're looking at demand generation, lead generation, things that are in shorter cycles and will allow us to create revenue in a shorter pace. Uh, we will be very much driven by acquisition and creating revenue. Our yeah. view will be more short-term view, and we will do a lot of paid and guerrilla and, and short-term campaigns to satisfy this left side of the brain. And then on the right side of the brain, we'll take care of our brand identity and reputation. We'll look at organic tools and tactics like content marketing, like PR, like brand campaigns. And our main goal would be to generate awareness and, and be top of mind with our audiences and, and have our audience identify with the personality of our brand. And I think that's a very long-term process and the results are seen with time and it takes time to see them. But I think that when that right side of the brain is properly in place, it definitely complements the left side of the brain and allows it to function in a lot, in a, in a much better way. So I definitely relate with that statement. And I think that in order to have a, a good operating marketing machine in your organization, you should nurture both these left side and right side of the brain. I think young startups, I've been working with a lot of startups in, in my career, and I think that young startups put more emphasis on the left side of the brain and, and they're going for, okay, how can we acquire new customers, new investors, and, and what do we need to do in order to generate that demand, which is very important, no doubt, and it needs to be there, but they neglect, I think, the right side of the brain. And, and that's something that I would say for younger startups, if they can start thinking of who they are, what's the identity of their company, what kind of messages, what kind of values they want to convey to their audiences, that from a very early stage, that would help their target audience to connect with their company in a much stronger way and will allow them to do their core left side of the brain work in a much more efficient way. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And we know that in marketing, or marketing in general can't prove its value in generating revenue if there is no close alignment with sales. Okay. So how do you get to that true collaboration between marketing and sales, particularly when it comes to something like branding, where you know, branding may sound probably more on the sales side of the conversation here, but branding may sound like that nice fluffy activity maybe for a sales guy and that's really what will get us commission at the end of the month so two questions how do you manage that alignment and how do you get their buy-in how do you get their buy-in how do you manage yeah. the alignment absolutely great great questions i think it's also super relevant right now when we're in this economical crisis time and companies are way more sales driven than they were before because everyone yeah. got hit in 
some way in this crisis. So I think that the pressure in a way is put more on marketing right now to justify the budgets, to justify the positions, to justify the head counts. And if marketing teams will not be sales oriented, I think it would be a great challenge for them. So now sure. more than ever, I think that this question is so relevant because if you don't create that alignment with sales, you are in, in, a, in a problem. And yes, that CFO and that CRO of the organization, how do you make them your partners and how do you align with them in a way that when you ask for that budget for brand building, they'll be bought in. And so I think the first thing I'd, I'd say about that is communication. First of all, internal communication in the company, educating the company. And I'm not just talking about the CFO and the CRO, but I'm talking about all your sales reps, all your field representatives, whatever their positions are, whether they're customer service or maintenance, whatever it is, they need to be bought in to the concept of okay, we generate business and we bring revenue, but we also help this company be who it is yeah. and what it stands for. And once they feel that the identity of the company is quite clear and the messaging is clear for them and the kind of brand work and brand campaigns that we generate make them feel proud, it helps them sell. It helps them do their work better. Right. And so if they understand that that right side of the brain, that brand building work is work that is essentially helping sales, then they will support it. So it starts with education and communication. And I do a lot of internal communication inside the company to always and I encourage my, my team to do the same, to always communicate first internally about stuff that we're doing let the other employees know what's coming out in one day or in two days and then launch it and then they see and then we talk to them about it so they're always like part of our work and they're experiencing our work as part of the company's work now on a more tactical stage, we as marketing, we build our goals right up from the sales goals. So my goals for my team are the closed one opportunities of sales. They don't get goals from me for SQLs or you know MQLs. They get goals from me on how many sales, how many workstations have we sold in our spaces because those are the sales goals. And when the marketing team and the sales teams are aligned on the same goals, it's much easier to drive to the same place. So even people on my marketing team that have brand related positions, they know that ultimately their work is supposed to drive sales. Even if they're measured on other things, like they're measured on, for example, engagement or traffic or whatever, because they're doing brand stuff, they know that in the end of the day, the goal of organic traffic is to see how many one deals we got out of organic traffic. You know what I mean? So I may not, I may not give them the bonus based on that, but they know that in the end of the day, that's what we're looking at. Now, the other thing is that I align my team on the sales goals all the time. So quarterly or every six months, every 12 months, they know what the sales team's goals are. And they know as a result of that, what our goals are. So there's constantly discussions about that. There's also some small stuff that I do to just keep it in existence all the time. For example, I have a daily Salesforce report that is being sent to the whole marketing team to look at a table 
with all the deals that we've signed in the previous day. So they see in which location it was, what we sold, how much it was sold for, who's the customer, and it keeps them much closer to the field, to what we're actually selling and what we're actually doing. Now, you would say, you would argue, but that's sales work, right? Like, why would they care? Because they started it. Like, I have the lead source there, and I have, you know, when it started and which location, so they can feel proud that their work is actually contributing to the bottom line of the company. And they all get it every morning. Now, as a result of that, the management team also was so excited about this report that they also asked to get it. So the whole management team is now seeing this report every morning and my marketing team. That's another small thing that I do. The other thing is I constantly show our work internally. So whenever we succeed with something or we launch a very nice campaign, I make a point of communicating that via email to, to the whole company and via Slack and then obviously social media, et cetera. So they're constantly seeing our work. It's not like, I would be very surprised if someone came to me or one of my team members and say, what is this thing you're working on? Why didn't anyone tell us? Like everything, it, we have very high level of visibility. So there are no surprises and everyone knows how to anticipate our next steps and their next steps as a result of that. I make sure that there are weekly synchronization meetings between my team members and the field sales reps. I have ongoing sync meetings with uh, our head of sales. And I think that the nice thing about this close collaboration is the fact that they see us as partners. Because when they want to now launch a new sales initiative in their market, they come to us first. Like they speak to us, they consult with us and we do stuff together and we support them. So I think that we managed to create a real team environment between sales and marketing in the different markets that we work in or for the different products. And it's, it's, you need to do a lot of small things that will aggregate in yeah. the end to a good collaboration. But if, if what drives you, I'm going back to the beginning. If what drives you is that the sales and the marketing teams are really sharing the same goals and the same measurement, then I think that's the starting point to align sales Absolutely. and marketing, right? Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you so much for going through all that because this is proper in the trenches type of advice of what you are doing, like not just like a, a theoretical overview of what should be done, but but that's what yeah. you are doing. And you know, I was listening very, very attentively and, and what comes to my mind at the end of, of all those things that you went through is really, you know, to get your brand out, you need to build the, your own brand internally. You know, you are speaking about uh, uh, being a, a massive advocate for, for personal branding, but that's technically what you are doing within your organization at your level, at the marketing team level, and at the sales and marketing team working together level. Okay, so you've got different level of branding there. And I really like that because it, does, it actually does make sense. And, and my, my next kind of question is about management. Because I was, I feel ashamed to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I was kind of, particularly when we first started at Operatics, really early on, I was not a big believer in branding. Uh, just so that you know, branding will come from word of mouth. Yeah. Okay? Branding will come from, we do a good job for someone, that someone will speak to their friends, and then you go to someone else, et cetera, et cetera, and then the phone starts ringing. 
And that's okay when you're mom and pop shop small business. But then as time went by, the ambition kind of changed. And you know, I've, I've, I think I've said that already on a few uh, on a few podcasts. But one day, funnily enough, it was with a with, with an Israeli company. There are now clients of us. Actually, they just became a client recently, two months ago. But I met with their CEO in London, and they said, "Look, I've heard a lot about you." I've heard a lot of good things about operatics, but really the only thing that I'm not sure is can I afford your services? And that for me is kind of, okay, this is it. So all the money that we've invested in brand building is that sentence was like, okay, I've yeah. got the realization of what it means. Now it's putting me in that category where maybe the word of mouth has, has helped, but also all the other things that we've done, the way we communicate about the success, because technically what you are doing internally, what you just went through is what a company should do for their branding. It's to speak about what they are doing, communicate, not wait for someone to communicate, not wait for someone else to do something. Everybody should communicate. It goes from the cleaner. The cleaner should say that I'm happy to go and clean that company. This is a great company to clean for, up to the CEO. You know, and everybody should really push that message out. And I think we really achieved, well, we achieved that. It's in working progress, but we are much better at it. But God, it take mountains to move to convince me. So I'd like to understand your, if, if, if it's just me that was an issue for my own company and my own bottleneck, or do you also face that with C-level, with C-suite, where people are like, is there a CFO or a CEO where they're kind of, you know, is there technical, technical-minded or finance-minded and don't really get the concept of branding until they actually see it? Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. It's not just your problem. Many people don't get it. Like mm. many people don't don't get it because they think like you that you know it will come if it needs to come and we're doing a good job, it will come from other people. And I agree with you that there's nothing better than word of mouth. That's the best marketing method, heads down. However, in order to get to word of mouth, you need to work. All right. It doesn't happen very quickly to get to word of mouth. And in order for people to start talking about you like that customer of yours heard about you from many different people, that takes some work. And if you don't put who you are in a very clear, in a very compelling way out there, other people will not start doing it for you without any incentive or, you know, just because you're, you're nice and they had a good experience. I mean, some of them will do it, but it's the only like the minority early adapters. Most people won't do it. So if you give people the tools and if you give them the messages and you give them the visual tools and you teach them what's important and what's valuable and what you would like them to say about you, they would probably do it because you give them everything and then it's very easy work for them to do. But you need to give it to them because most people are too busy and they don't have time to do your work for you, right? So there's a way to push in a way word of mouth, to drive it. And I think that Every person can relate to that, whether they're a CFO or a CEO or a technical person or a salesperson can relate to the fact that the best way to be convinced is if someone told you about something and gave you a good recommendation. So if you can communicate clearly to your peers and to those tough people that the work you'll do is is essentially a driver for word of mouth, they will collaborate with you. Yeah, and and you're you're absolutely right that a brand for for the marketing team and a brand for sales and marketing and a brand for a person who does the work is as important as the brand of the company itself. Yeah, right. Um, and and it all starts with like 
clarifying for yourself, who am I? What, what are my values? What's my personality, my characteristic? How would I like to be perceived? Who's my target audience? And then go for it. So in this Absolutely. case, like my target audience is my employees in the company, right? Yeah. For example. yeah. Or my, my C-level colleagues. Yeah. And I think, you know, also what some company comes short and last, last point on the topic is they always have one person that is the brand builder. So you see a lot of companies where the CMO is the brand builder and they're yeah. super active. They share a lot of things uh, on LinkedIn yeah. and stuff like that. But then nobody, it's like it's, it's, it's on his own, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's okay. But, and what we're trying to do at Operatics is to actually say to our, our guys, you know, because we, we've got a lot, lots of very happy employees. You know, we've got yeah. people who are really happy uh, fr from every stage in the company. Some people would be at the bottom, some people are in the middle, some people at the top. The people tend to be relatively happy and we try to keep them happy. This is important. Happy customers, you know, happy, I'm sorry, happy staff or happy employees makes happy customers, right? But we're trying to encourage them to communicate more and say, well, look, don't be shy, you know? Speak about your experience on LinkedIn. Be honest, be yourself. We don't need to write something for you. Marketing don't need to put that things together. You resharing something like that, that podcast episode, for example, is, is not really branding for me. For, for me, branding is you saying about your experience as an individual within the company to the rest of the world and saying, telling about something that you've achieved. Okay, obviously yeah. in the, respecting the NDA, but that will give identity, that will give character, and I will give, you know, I think what I would be seeking for if I was to look at is, is that's what people care about. People don't care about your new white paper, your new podcast and things like that, unless they happen to know someone or it's of interest to them or the topic is of interest to them and they are doing some self-education at the moment. But quite frankly, when you look at this social network, well, I'm speaking about LinkedIn in particular here, it's, it's crowded. Yeah, it's crowded. Absolutely. So what you are looking, you are looking for real emotion, real connective, you know, and I, it's, that's what we are trying to do at the moment. The exercise of emotional connection, emotional brand building through, guys, just speak about your experience because what you tell me is beautiful. I love to hear it internally. Now let's go and share it with the world. And that, that's must, what we are trying to get. I must give you an example. I must give you an example about exactly what you're talking about. So the other day we had one of our community managers, community sales managers in Poland, uh, receive a bouquet of flowers to the office from one of our customers. Uh, they're a company called Tink from Sweden. They do like a financial payments. Uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a large company, Tink. So they sent her a bouquet of flowers to say thank you for the beautiful process she took them through to sign their lease in our office. So they're a customer, they're a happy customer, right? And they sent her flowers in the end of the process after they signed the contract saying that they took, I don't remember if it was 50 or 100 people office in Poland. And they sent us the, I mean, the, the team in, in Poland sent us the photo of the lady with the flowers. And I told them straight away, why are you sending it to me? Perfect, please. Uploaded to, first of all, the Poland LinkedIn page, and we have a Poland Facebook page, but to your individual pages and be proud of your work. Yeah. And they asked for some help, so I gave them a little bit of text to put, and they upload the photo of her with the flowers, and we tagged <laughs> Pink, and we said, thank you. And they all did it, and then I did it as well, and then the whole company, almost the whole company did it. Yeah, everybody knows her, about it. Her photo, and they posted it, and it was one of the most successful 
posts we ever had on LinkedIn. Imagine yeah. like 20 or 30 different people shared it, the same photo. And so it was like burnt in people's minds. And then the story of how a customer is saying thank you after a sales process, you know, it's, a, it's something quite unique. It's really and, powerful, yeah. And a lot of other people said like in the comments, wow, this is one of the best, you know, proofs there are for who you are as a company. Like you don't need to do much more than that. Yeah. So it's it's about listening really and, and giving your employees the power to do it, like listening to what is happening in the field. And then once something happens and there's a trigger, you just encourage them to use their power. And Absolutely. But there is, there is that sort of resistance, I think, from people. Well, I was speaking to one of my staff. I was like, look, this is fantastic. You should share that on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know yeah, if I want to do that. And yeah. I was like, you know, I follow you on Instagram. I can see your dinner pretty much every day, which I don't <laughs> care about, right? That's yeah. not really brand building. If you were to actually share that stuff, this is the sort of things you want to share. This is meaningful. But there is a resistance of, yeah. oh, that's a bit awkward. What would my colleague think about me? What other people would think about me? Well, actually, I think, you know, in the business world, it is nice to be nice. I think it's, it's also sending a fantastic message to who think are as a company, right? Because that act of kindness is something that takes two minutes, right? To get someone some flowers, you just need to get your card ready, go on the website, boof, yes. off you go. That's beautiful from them. Whoever done that in their company is also a great advocate for their company brand because doing that is such a gesture. You know, it's a simple thing, doesn't cost much money, makes someone's day. You make sure that your service will be good after. Very simple thing, like a thank you or please, you know, but anyway, we, we could get on forever because that's, I'm, I'm starting I, I, I to get a little bit. I guess we should do another episode on personal branding because your, your, we have employees, to. your employees' problem is something that everyone has. And it's that balance between being humble and, not, yeah. and being afraid of how you'll be perceived. And people are just too busy being humble and they don't understand that during that time that they're humble. Many other people are like crossing the highway yeah. with, with showing off their achievements and they're losing business. So yeah, there's Absolutely. a whole other episode we should do about that. <laughs> well, before I let you go though, I've got one question for you. Okay. So I know that you are the, the co-founder of GCMO, which is a community that brings together Israel's top CMO from global companies, startups, and VCs. It would be great if you could tell us a little bit more about GCMO and what motivated you to start that community. Yeah, good, good one. So GCMO, we started the community about two, two and a half years, two and a half, three years ago. And we started very small because we're a group of CMOs that just needed someone to consult with. Sometimes you don't have anyone else in the company that shares the same problems and challenges. So you go to colleagues. And so a few, few of us just came together and it started building. And before we knew it, we're 100 people from some of the biggest global companies in, in Israel. You probably know some of them like Amdocs or, you know, yeah. Matrix, Variant, uh, a lot of tech, but not just SodaStream, uh, Glasses USA, like there are a lot of consumer B2C, but also B2B. And basically we wanted to position Israel, Israel's top marketing executives as world leaders in marketing, because many people know Israel to be very good with developing technology, but they don't know enough how we're good with also driving that growth of the startup nation with the way we tell stories and the way we do marketing. So that was the first goal. The second one was to create a community that will support and provide a think tank for us as CMO so we can consult each other. And the third objective was to create a networking and career development platform for the CMOs because it's also, it's a small country, 
we have a lot of positions that are coming out in marketing and we can help each other with advancing in our career. So one of the things that I'm really proud of is the fact that, oh, I, I forget to say, we have a WhatsApp group for this okay. 100 people. Yeah, and we talk daily in the WhatsApp group. So imagine a WhatsApp group that on a daily basis, you have discussions, not every week, every day. So 100 people like buzzing with questions to each other, like, who used operatics before? Can you recommend them? Can you give me a good vendor for PR in Japan? You know, how do you manage a team with bonuses or whatever kind of question you can think about? It's being put there and just people help each other. And so we do demos together for platforms, for marketing technology platforms, for example. We do academic programs with universities where some of our CMOs, our speakers, those programs helping the next generation of marketeers to learn about global marketing. We do uh, speaking opportunities at various conferences, roundtable sessions to consult with each other. We provide career support. So when someone is leaving a position, they tell the forum that they just left. So people know that if there's an opportunity, they will connect them. Or we, as the founders, we help people that are in between jobs to get opportunities. So it's it's a really unique experience. We have the, the WhatsApp group on a daily basis. We have one to two uh, professional sessions a month. Uh, right now it's on Zoom because of Corona, but normally it's once or twice a month in, in someone's office. We just host the whole community and we get sponsored by Google, for example, or other branding agencies that want to host us and, and do yeah. things with us. So I think it's a very powerful tool for us as individual CMOs, but also for us as a group to get better offers from various sources, from better stakeholders. But also, I think the best thing is just the fact that you can, you know, ping someone and get an advice and get help within minutes. So CVs of employees go in and out of the group every day. Like, yeah. here's a great guy who does SDR. He's a great guy who does growth, a great lady who does, you know, communications and PR, who wants to hire them, etc. So it's, it's a beautiful tool. And GCMO is, yeah, it's a Great community. So you can follow us on social media. We have I will. social media. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. No, that's, that's, that's great. And I, I like that. It's something that we see a lot in Israel, like, you know, people getting together and th there is a very strong community. You know, the rest of the world should take example. And I think it's, yeah. uh, it's a great way to, to go. Yeah, we were it. interviewed several times about the model and how we did it because just to, to share the, the knowledge with other countries. We may take it international one day, but for now, there you go. Dream big. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say also that we have a podcast called uh, Marketeers in Capes. It's in English, so you can find it on... Marketeer in Capes, like superheroes. Marketeers in Capes, yes. And one of our members is actually the host of the podcast. His name is Eitan, and he interviews a different GCMO member every month. So it's it's very interesting. Wonderful. Well, thanks for that effort. It was wonderful to have you on the show today. As you say, we probably need another session to speak about <laughs> personal branding. But, but before we, uh, we get going, last question that I ask is if anyone wants to get in touch with you to discuss Mindspace, to discuss GCMO, what's the best way to connect with you, Efrat? I think the easiest is LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter and Facebook as well, but LinkedIn is where I do most of my professional stuff. So that's okay. It. There you go. So that's Efrat Fenningson, which is F-E-N-I-G-S-O-N and uh, Efrat E-F-R-A-T. Very simple. Right. It was wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. 
To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.